There's hateful comments that could either be racist or just downright hateful. And then there's constructive criticism, which can hurt. But then you have to step back and think, okay, how can I take your advice to make myself better? And once you get to a healthy space to be like, okay, let me like look at this rationally, then it's okay. So if you can put the comments into two different buckets and then, well, the third one is just the happy, positive comments, then you know what to do with it. It's how you decide to deal with what people are telling you. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 podcast. Here we go. Welcome back to Almost 30 Podcast. My name is Krista Williams and I have my host, Lindsay Simsek, sitting with me today. And we are so glad you are back with us on this very special Summer Fridays series brought to you by Propel. We were actually live at the Propel Collabs Fitness Festival in LA this summer, which is the fourth year of one of the biggest fitness festivals out there. Yeah. And we just love Propel. They are all about community, about coming together, learning together, growing together, inspiring one another, and just celebrating wanting to feel better through fitness and wellness. And so we had really incredible conversations during our time at the festival. We were lucky enough to interview leaders in the fitness and all over uh, mind, body, health, and wellness industries. And today we are bringing you an interview with Cassie Ho. She is an award-winning instructor, personality, and creator of Blog Lotties, which has over 500 million video views and 4 million subscribers. She was one of the first fitness YouTubers in the game, and she has expanded her business to now have a fitness apparel line, and she travels all over teaching her method. She's amazing, sweet, and kind, and we are excited to share this interview with you. Yeah, enjoy. This is a series powered by Propel. We could not be more excited to talk to Cassie Ho this morning. She is the CEO and founder yes. of Blogilates, someone we respect so much in this space. So please, without further ado, welcome Cassie Ho. Woo. Hello. Hi. Morning, everyone. How are you feeling? Woo. <laughs> Tell everyone, what are you wearing, honey? Oh, well, I am wearing Pop Flex, and I see yes. some of you guys out there wearing the highness legging, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is our active wear line, and it's cool to see people wearing it today, which is always like so crazy. No, it looks amazing. Um, so I'd love to hear, you know, you are one of the biggest YouTubers out there in the fitness space. I've seen tons of your videos. I keep it fresh every single time. How did you get started? So it all started in 2009. I was graduating from school and I had found a new job on the East Coast. And I had been teaching at 24 Hour Fitness a couple times a week, uh, you know, in the 7.30 p.m. Pop Pilates class. 
no one else was teaching Pilates to pop music choreographed to the beat. So when I told them I had to go, my students were like, what are we going to do without you? No one else is going to teach this class. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll record a 10-minute video of myself and release it on a website called YouTube which is very different than what it is today. And it was literally for 40 people, put it up on YouTube. I didn't even know how to edit really. So I filmed myself. Um, it was actually at Sam's parents' home. Sam is my husband. And uh, I just like chopped out the beginning, chopped out the end, tried not to mess up in the middle. And that's what I uploaded. It was terrible quality. The next time I looked at the video, there were thousands of views and hundreds of comments. And that's how I got started with the intention to continue teaching. You mentioned that YouTube has changed so much and we've seen that as well. Um, I want to know like how YouTube, how you see YouTube has changed fitness, how people can access it, how you can really communicate with people through YouTube to live a healthier life. YouTube has really made fitness affordable and accessible for everyone because you can get started as long as you have access to the internet. And it's given a lot of women, especially, um, confidence to begin working out because you do it in the comfort of your own home. So for a lot of the popsters who start doing pop Pilates, they're doing it in their bedrooms by themselves, something they just discovered, kind of like how I started when I was 16 and I was watching Mari Windsor's Pilates DVDs, doing it in my bedroom. Um, so it gives you that confidence to start, you know, building a stronger body. And then you may get more confidence that you can go to the gym and then do it in front of people and start taking group classes. So I love that YouTube gave me the opportunity to be able to teach without any geographic restriction, any time restriction. I mean, I've been able to meet so many cool people through that. One of my favorite videos that you've done is The Perfect Body. Has anyone seen that one? Yes, you guys know. <laughs> Women living in this day and age, you know, we see so many images um, looking on Instagram, looking at social media, even being here can be hard sometimes. There's so much pressure for us to have a certain or perfect body. And I love that you spoke to that even before it seemed to be a really popular conversation in the media today. Can you talk about the inspiration for that? And for the people that actually haven't seen the video yet, go watch it. A little overview of what it is and what it's about. Okay. So when I first started on YouTube, I was afraid that my first mean comment was going to be, oh, her toes not pointed enough, her legs not straight enough. And interestingly enough, that never really happened. The first mean comment I ever got was, she's so fat. If you work out that much, why are you so fat? Why don't you have abs? Like, it was like really like, I mean, and I grew up as a chubby kid. So it brought up all of my insecurities. I remember just crying and not being able to control it because I'm like, oh my gosh, like everyone sees this thing that I feel so terrible about. You know, that's not all of the comments. It's a very minute number, but you always tend to focus on the negative stuff. So anyway, it had been years since I've been on YouTube and it just got to a point where it really was attacking me personally and my mental health. So I said, okay, let's figure out a way to take this negative energy and turn it into positive energy. So I sat down and thought of okay, well, what if I took all of these mean comments and I altered my body to look like how people thought they wanted me to look? And so I created a video called The Perfect Body where I'm literally shaving into my waist, shaving into my thigh gap, shaving, or adding inches to my butt, adding inches to my boobs. And then at the end, you see me looking like this thing that the comments are trying to make me look like. And you'll see what happens at the end when you watch the video. But I had done it originally for myself to heal. 
what ended up happening was that people started sharing it with their sisters, their mothers, and all these women who just felt so connected with that. And it ended up going viral. It was on Good Morning America. Like it went beyond what I ever thought it was, but it all started as a place for me to heal from those comments. Yeah, I'd like to just dig into that for a moment because you are so public. I mean, you have millions and millions of views. People are turning to you every single week. And so do you ever feel overwhelmed? And if so, like, how are you taking care of yourself behind the scenes? Yes. I think I'm overwhelmed though from my own standards and expectations. Um, What I really love about my husband, Sam, is that he teaches me how to have fun and just to chill out for a second because I'm so particular about everything. Uh, But ways that I like to relax are when I have time, I like to get a deep tissue massage I really like it hard. Does anyone like it? Yep, there you go. I'm talking elbow drag with the oil. Okay, cool. Um, I also love taking dance classes. I feel like they really free me from... Yes, dance classes, so fun. I just really feel like unrestricted. And I spend time with Sam, of course, and then our dog, Sir George. And he just brings me so much love. I love his kisses. Yeah, it's the simplicity of it all. Because I think it can get so complicated to create a brand and different legs of your brand. So I think keeping it simple is just a way to really take care of yourself behind the scenes. I love that. So with that video, you know, there's a lot of people that are commenting. They're they have opinions. They're sharing all of these things. That's why I would never be on YouTube, to be honest. The first comment I'd be out. How do you I'd be like, all right, this is I'm thrown in the towel. How do you deal with the haters, the criticism? You know, and I think that's a perfect example of how you transmuted that negative energy into something beautiful that was healing for you and healing for others. But how do you deal with other criticisms that you receive? Like what do you how do you keep your mental game correct? We have to remember that these comments are coming from people hiding behind a screen name and an avatar. I've never had anyone go up to my face and ever say any of those things to me. So you have to remember that first. Secondly, there's hateful comments that could either be racist or just downright hateful. And then there's constructive criticism, which can hurt. But then you have to step back and think, okay, how can I take your advice to make myself better? And once you get to a healthy space, be like, okay, let me like look at this rationally, then it's okay. So if you can put the comments into two different buckets, and then, well, the third one is just the happy, positive comments, then you know what to do with it. It's how you decide to deal with what people are telling you. How does your community, what are what do you call your community? Popsters. Popsters. Okay. <laughs> how do they inspire your content? How, how do they inspire you to continue to do what you do and to evolve the brand? They're always pushing me. And um, it's been really cool to grow with our popsters because I wouldn't have done a second video on YouTube had the community not asked me for, can you do an ab version, a butt version, and an arm version? So it's this very open feedback and communication between me and the community. Um, And it's also been really, really cool when we launched our Pop Pilates instructor training program. So I was the only person teaching Pop Pilates back in 2007, 2008, 2009. But we launched our Pop Pilates instructor training program a few years ago. And now we have over 4,000 classes being taught every single month in gyms worldwide. Our biggest partner is 24-Hour Fitness. So it's been cool to you know, become part of our community's like career evolution too. And what I love about your story too is 
with your family and just how the expectations of you were to be a doctor or a lawyer and you went against the grain and um, really created your own path and used your hard work ethic that you got from your family to create something amazing. In the beginning, you know, I think a lot of us are always in process. We're always in progress and you can't really see how everything makes sense right now. What do you wish you could tell yourself, you know, at the beginning days when things weren't as amazing or perfect as they are now? You know, sometimes I think back to when I was in middle school and high school and all I cared about were my grades because I just wanted... Cared about I, boys. Anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, okay, so I, I grew up in a very restrictive, suppressed, like, Asian family. Um, and so boys weren't allowed. Grades had to be A+, plus, or you were just, like, a failure in life. Um, so I really put all my energy into grades and the tennis team and things like that. And I feel like I was just so stressed out about you know, things that didn't matter as much. However, I think that allowed me to be such a hard worker. And I I don't discredit, you know, the way that my parents brought me up. Maybe some parts are very negative and I've been left with some trauma from it, but it has built me to become the person I am today and that I'm really grateful for. What parts of the fitness and health and wellness industry are you hoping to change or just kind of shed light on and maybe expand so that more people can learn and know about it. Just because I feel like there's so many trends. Sometimes I'm like, okay, so today I'm going to like, I'm going to box tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to dig holes in the sand and that's the new workout. You know what I mean? It's like, we never know what the next thing is and I want to do it all. So how do you kind of put your hand on the pulse and release like for you, what's true to you and then translate it to your audience. I think it is so cool that there are so many workouts today. Um, personally, we had just been talking about this before. I'm on ClassPass and I love ClassPass so much because I feel like it's a menu and I just get to pick the next thing that I want to do and I just like pick it and I get to go to class and like have the instructor just kill me or whatever. Because guys, I'm like making up workouts all the time for like our instructors. I want once in a while someone else to kick my butt. So I really like that. I think people should just try everything. Like I've done pole dancing, a rhythmic gymnast stretching, like handstands. Like I love it so much. And it gets me excited because the moment that you start feeling like your workout is a chore is the moment that that is not the right thing for you. You should be so excited to go to your workout. Like it isn't a, a date or something or like some cool event like this. I think it's good. I think maybe, hey, if digging holes in the sand is going to be the new thing, so be it. I just it. thought of that and nobody <laughs> take it. Honestly, do not take it. <laughs> We're huge class fast fans too. When you're talking about the going back to the perfect body and the body image, um, being in the fitness and wellness space can be really challenging in that, right? What do you wish that women could see? Like, what do you wish that women knew, um, popsters or others, as it relates to their body or their, you know, well-being? Okay. So here's the thing. If you guys think about how ideal body types have been shown over the centuries, you really think about it. You can go back to the Renaissance times. And when women were what we would call today, possibly obese, those were the most beautiful. Those were the women who were being painted because they, you know, had these rosy cheeks and they had enough food. So that meant they were rich. And you head into the 1920s, you're supposed to look like a boyish figure with no breasts, no hips. 
Then you head into the 50s. We've got a Maryman, Marilyn Monroe, like Coke bottle shape. Um, 90s, you're super slim, like emaciated slim. And then today we'd be everything super voluptuous. If you're going to keep trying to fit the ideal body trend, you're just following a trend like you're following fast fashion. So it's really something that I would not focus on. I would try to focus on feeling a certain way because no one can take that away from you. Look, if you want, if a big butt makes you happy, cool, like do it. But you're also getting stronger as you work that butt. I just think like women should not try to fall into these trends because they're not forever. And they're not even dictated by us. They're dictated by the media or some other uh, woo-woo source. (laughs) Conspiracy, tell me more. Yeah. (laughs) You mentioned earlier about like your first negative comment. I'm kind of curious, like before you were on YouTube what your relationship with your body was, especially like in our early 20s when we start to take into consideration what people think of us on a really extreme level, like who we should marry, what career we should have, who we should be with and how we should do it all. So what did that look like and what were the most challenging moments in those years? So I grew up as a chubby kid. I had a double chain, right? Yeah. Still working on the double, yeah. but I was chubby. Yeah, in my yearbook pictures be like this with like double chin. And like, I got made fun of because there was a number of things going on. I raised my hand too much in class. My mom wouldn't let me shave my legs. So I was hairy and chubby Same. and just geeky. It was really bad. Um, so, you know, other kids were making fun of me. And then I remember very specifically, there was this moment, because I... I it's weird, but like, I didn't actually think there was anything wrong with me at that point. Um, but I had gone to a family party and I was like eating something with my family. And this little girl walks up to me. She points her finger at me. And she says, why are you so fat? And at that moment, I completely broke down. I ran into the, 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 the bathroom and I just started crying. My mom was like banging on the door trying to get me out. She didn't know what was going on. And it was from that very moment, I probably was like eight or something. I was like, there's something wrong with me. And I think that insecurity is still like within me. I'm very aware of how I look, how other people judge me because of that moment. So that's that was my relationship with body image from a very, very young age. And then as I got older, um, you know... I became obsessed with like, okay, like how do I get skinnier? Like what can I eat? How can I eat less? And um, yeah, I mean, it's just been a full experimentation for me. But now I'm at a point where I work out because it makes me happy. And it's interesting because when you are less stressed, your body begins to listen to you. Because there was a moment when I was like, oh, I got to get in my workout no matter what time it is. I'd work out at 12 a.m., 1 a.m., like just head to 24-hour fitness, like get it in. And I wasn't losing any weight. Nothing was happening. Acne was like on my face again. And it was because I was stressed out. So once I like let that go and started dancing and started like eating things that like were good for me, like my soul and my body, my body started reacting again. So I think it's about just chilling out a little bit. Yeah, it's a weird thing because you're like, oh, you think you're like, if you're happy, you'll lose weight or be the ideal weight, but it's so true. And when yeah. you're healthy, you just feel better. It's interesting too, when you talk about, you know, the chubby thing, because I, I relate to that. But I think for everyone in the audience, it's interesting to, th- interesting to think back to stories that we've been told, you know, when we were young. What was the one thing you were made fun of that kind of sticks with you today that still affects you in your life? That is an insecurity you may have. Say it's, I'm the dumb one, or I'm not worthy enough, or I'm not cool enough, or I'm not funny enough. There's so many of those situations that have happened that, you know, could still be in your mind today. So I'm so thankful, you know, that you shared that. 
I'm really obsessed, as Lindsay is, with morning routines, as Tim Ferriss is as well. But I would love to know, you know, your morning routine. My current morning routine is really simple. <laughs> um, I wake up and I get ready for the gym. I take a class at 7.15 every morning. Right now, it's weightlifting. And I had to train myself to become a morning person because I used to, this is like several years ago, I used to edit videos up until 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. So it, I was completely messed up. I never thought I could become a morning person. But it was one trip that I got back from Asia. And I was like, just waking up at weird times. Like, let's just go to the gym. Um, and that really set me on, on a good path. And I just love it because you set the tone and the momentum for the day. You've already accomplished something. So now the rest of it is easy peasy. Uh, so yeah, I, I go to the gym. And then I go home. I take a shower. And I get ready to go to work. Right now, I'm not eating breakfast just because I don't... Well, actually... Growing up, I never liked to eat breakfast, but my dad always forced me to, and it would hurt my stomach. So I started eating it, but I don't actually like eating breakfast. So I really don't eat until lunchtime. But yeah, my morning routine is so simple. Sorry, it's not that interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> we might be overwhelmed with too much. <laughs> Sounds good. And in terms of your nutrition, we try not to talk about like diets and things like that. That tends to like really kind of mess me up in the head yeah. because it's it just kind of takes over when the real intention is to fuel your body, to feel good, to have energy and to think clearly, to be in your body. So what are some things that you're eating, incorporating into your nutrition routine that give you energy and just feel really good to you? I generally try to do as whole as possible with foods. I try to stay away from unprocessed. Um, and then of course there's moments, right? Like if I'm training for a shoot or if I'm training for something where I want to look a little leaner, then I'll be a little bit more strict. But I know that diets aren't forever. Uh, so yesterday I had some boba, you know, I had some popcorn chicken and I'm just feeling good. So I, you know, I, for me, it's like, I need to figure out how to stop overeating because honestly, I feel like I could be a competitive eater. I eat so much. It's like crazy how big like the potential of my stomach is. Um, but right now I'm just kind of at this moment, just kind of eating whatever I want. But what stops me from eating terribly is remembering how I felt. If I ate like a ton of ice cream and my stomach hurts and I start breaking out, I'm like, okay, that's, I'm not going to go there. But if I need it for my soul, I'm just going to have it. It's not like back in the day, Cassie, where I would punish myself for eating a little bit of that extra dessert or something. It's not like that anymore. And I, I'm really grateful that I've gotten to this uh, healthy state because it's really painful to be back there. Yeah. I think like, I don't know if anyone can relate, but the energy you can, you put into your food is real, you know, and it affects how your body metabolizes it, processes it, or at least that's what I want to believe. Because if I'm enjoying popcorn chicken or pizza pizza or ice cream, like, and I'm really enjoying it and present with it, I feel fine the next day, you know? So it's just an interesting experiment, you know, to watch those thoughts while we're eating. Yeah. And something that I personally enjoy a lot is cooking. Uh, it's For me, it's a creative process. It's a nourishing process too. I love cooking for myself and cooking for my husband and even our dog. I cook for a dog. Oh yeah. He gosh. eats very healthy. What do you cook for your dog? <laughs> okay. He eats um, ground turkey with peas and carrots. Wow. Yeah. And if I if he's lucky, sometimes he'll get salmon skin <laughs> for, you know, the hair. <laughs> <laughs> How do you stay motivated? You do so much. You have such a big team. You know, you're working out, you're staying fit, you are designing. How do you stay motivated and not overwhelmed? 
That's interesting because I feel like I have this thing inside me where I don't know when I'm overwhelmed. I can tell when I start stressing other people out. Like I can tell like when I look at Sam, he's like, "Uh," I'm like, okay, is it too much? Is it too much? Should we like slow down a little bit? I really like creation. I never want to stop creating things because that gets me super excited. I like seeing growth. So that is what keeps me motivated. And of course, connecting with people in real life keeps me super motivated too. And just being around happy people, you know, and just spreading the happiness everywhere, whatever that is, whether it's through food or workouts or whatever. Um, We don't like to tout like finding balance because I don't know if that's a thing, but I am curious, like when you have, you are married and you have a dog and you have a family, like are there ways that you found you can create time and presence for that? Time and presence for, for family. Yeah, just, yeah, because, you know, your business takes work, but also like relationships need nurturing and time and work as well. That is something that, to be completely honest, I struggle with because I'm so work oriented. And because Sam and I work together, um, we're always talking about work. So we ha- we did this thing that we're no longer doing. We tried to make Sundays for ourselves where we go on a hike together, do an adventure. Um, work's gone kind of crazy. So we haven't been able to do that. But that's something we're trying to do. And we try not to talk about work all the time, which is like, stop, don't like relax. Um, not ha- really happening right now. Yeah. (laughs) We try that too. (laughs) Uh, What's a fitness or wellness trend that you wish would just go away? Oh, go away? Yes. Ooh. Oh, I have to think about that. I have ideas. Carnivore diet. uh Oh, oh, I see. Okay. The the diet teas and the waist trainers. Mm. They're so weird. (laughs) They're really weird. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because back when I was younger and just trying to figure out how to lose weight, I bought this tea from the Asian store, 99 Ranch. It said like slim, slim dieters tea. And I was like, there was a picture of like a skinny ballerina on it like this. And I was like, I want to look like that. So I bought it thinking it was just going to make me skinny, but it ended up being a laxative. You know what I'm saying? So um, it was good. Like I was like, oh, flat. It was good. But then I kept taking it and I became so dependent on it that it ruined my body literally for several years. And it took me a few years to get out of that. Um, So now that I'm seeing those teas on Instagram looking like so cool and cute, I'm so afraid for all the young girls who are going to take that and go through what I had to go through. So I'm kind of on the down low, but we're working on a little docu-series about the Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thanks for that insider info. Have we all tried the tea? I freaking tried the tea. Yeah. How was it? Not for years though. I was too much. I was like, oh, this hurts. (laughs) Yeah. Literally your stomach would be in knots. You're like, I'm in so much pain getting skinny. Um, Yeah. Anyway. I know. uh, um, know. What are you really, really proud of? What am I really proud of? So many things, I guess. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm proud of being at the the happiness and balance level that I am at right now inside uh, because of the people I've surrounded myself with. It's positive, non-toxic, and and I'm non-toxic towards myself now. I used to be very critical of the way that I looked and I would punish myself for it. So I'm no longer there. So I'm proud of that mental evolution. Yeah, it's nice. I don't know if it's age, but it's like you just accept the home that you're in. You know, you accept mm-hmm. the body that you're in, you accept how yep. you look. What has been the biggest shift, last question for me, for your mental to get you to that place? Like how could we as women all get to that place where we feel comfortable and confident in our bodies? 
you have to think about where you were yesterday and where you want to be tomorrow and reward yourself for that bit of growth that you see and focus on your strength, your skills, your talent, your happiness, and just get away from that vanity. That stuff will follow when you are happy. I'm like so serious about this because in the midst of the whole like uh, unhealthy body thing, I was also going through like weaning off of the tea. Like everything was just like crazy altogether. But once that all died down, I became happy with myself. So just stop obsessing over all these little things and just figure out what makes you happy. And that definition of happiness is different for every single person. And that's going to be your own self-discovery and your own journey. Yeah, it's really, that's the work, not the focus on what you look like. Because there's so many pretty girls in the world. It's like, what do you want to be remembered by? For being smart, for being funny, for being dynamic, for being fearless. Being pretty is just like an added bonus. And I also think like our, we're going to be like forever changing, like, you know, aging, naturally aging. We're going to, if we're lucky enough to have children and for women and our body's going to be changing. So if we can get that inner world, you know, locked down and something that we can always turn to as being centered and, and grounded, I think that's that's the key, but it's it's easier said than done for sure. That's true. For sure. Last question for me, what are you looking forward to with your brand, uh, with your community? It just seems like the sky's the limit. So I'm always curious. Uh, well, excited about that Tea Talks uh, docu that I told you about. And I am excited about growing our base of instructors because for me, yes, we started online and everything's so online, but the real magic happens when you're in a room with a bunch of other people all working towards that same goal. The energy is just so infectious. So training more Popflies instructors, getting everyone's classes filled up and just, you know, making more friends through that for everyone. Because it's all about the relationships, right? And who you surround yourself with. Completely agree. Where can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Okay. So you can find me at Blogilates everywhere. I started that back in the day where I could actually do that. So no one took that. Um, and um, yeah, or just blogilates.com. Yeah. Thank you so, so much, much for being here. Thank you. This Thank is you. super, super fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast live at Propel Collabs this summer in LA. We will see you on the next one. You can connect with us at almost30podcast.com and almost30podcast on Instagram. <laughs>